on your way to your seat look down your neighborhood uh, don't touch nobody but tell them uh, God does messy miracles come on that was the wrong neighbor look down uh, the neighborhood across the street from you and just tell them God does messy miracles come on God does messy miracles uh, in the house online and online I'm just so honored that you are in this moment uh, I have been blessed tremendously by what it is that the Lord has been doing uh, in this series, testimonies are forthcoming, and it's exciting to hear. It's exciting to hear about how God is continuing to bless our socks off in this series. Listen, uh, as we jump into part six here, as we've been talking about miraculous stories in Scripture and how God has been, you know, demonstrating and has established Himself historically as a miracle-working God, and I've been encouraging you to realize that the miracles of God are not over come on somebody that god was not just a miracle working god in the bible uh, in the bible times god was not just a miracle god working god in the first century church uh, but he most definitely is still a miracle worker somebody say he's a miracle worker in fact somebody in the chat put online put he's a miracle working god and so uh the fact is this is why i've been encouraging you to lean in to the supernatural and not just around uh the supernatural but also but also uh learning how it is that we are to steward the supernatural as god manifests it in our lives and again supernatural is not always pixie dust and angels and all this sorts of stuff that we see it most definitely encompasses that but it's simply saying that god uh comes into the life of uh, mankind and he does things for us that we are incapable of doing ourselves and i'm excited because one of the things i love about serve city even as today we have come around our strength to strength offering and those of you who you know are you're like man what is that and today was your first time hearing about it and hearing about our heart around generosity you know um and i want to just celebrate and just brag on 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 the amazing people at our church man i i'll never forget uh, you know uh, there was a sunday we used to be in a movie theater and um we used to worship there before god gave us this permanent location and you know just looking back looking back in those days uh, god did something one sunday that was outstanding and number of things but uh, on a sunday morning i was literally uh, in service my wife was up here praying down heaven as she usually does and we were so blessed by the way that uh, she was praying. And, you know, one of the things that we usually do is that we share prayer requests. And so when you're hearing my wife talk about, you know, this person's praying for such and such and all of this, you know, these are prayer requests that people are actually putting uh, in the filling out online or they're filling out in the house and letting us know about the things that they are asking God to do in their lives. And it was so powerful to me this one Sunday uh, that you know, somebody put in the prayer request, they said, you know, they said, we, I need finances uh, to get my rent paid because I'm about to be evicted. This was the prayer request, right? And so we prayed and we prayed and, you know, Pastor Chantel prayed and did an incredible uh, job of leading us in prayer around that prayer request and the other prayer requests that were there. But what was notable to me was that after service, somebody say after service, 
After service, I was getting ready to go and teach Next Steps, uh, which is going to be starting up again in the new year. Uh, shameless plug, if you're interested in joining our family or finding out how you can serve and be a part, uh, stay tuned for that. But I was getting ready to teach Next Steps, and as I was getting ready to go there, one of the team members at our church ran up to me, and they're like, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Andrew, I just want to tell you this real quick. Uh, when it is that you, uh, that you guys, that we heard the prayer request, uh, somebody just came to me when they heard that prayer request about the person that was going to get evicted, and they want to give X amount of money to make that happen. And then, you know, two twos, two twos. I go outside. Somebody else runs up and says, hey, hey, Pastor, uh, that person that said they, they're about to get evicted, uh, here's a few hundred dollars towards that. You know, uh, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And, and before, before that person was able to leave the building, their rent was paid. And not only was their rent paid, but they also had some extra. Y'all aren't hearing me on today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I love it. I love it because, see, this is the thing. This is the thing. Uh, it's imperative for us to understand uh, that God desires to do the miraculous in our midst. Uh, and the miraculous often will transpire and happen through us. Somebody say, through me. Through me. I want to unpack this because we see this passage of scripture. It's very powerful. This is right after the New Testament church has begun. They just had their inaugural uh, outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit pours out on the church just as Jesus had promised before he left at a time called Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. This was a Jewish festival. Uh, it was happening uh, in Jerusalem. And so uh, it happened in Acts chapter 2. So a few chapters before this. And for those who are new to Bible, uh, the book of Acts is in the second half of the Bible. And, uh, and it's, it's this. It has some powerful action things. In other words, Acts. Some, some people say Acts of the Apostles who were Jesus' followers. Uh, but some would say Acts of the Holy Spirit. And the ways that the Holy Spirit manifested and moved in the church uh, as it started its journey uh, as the church, as such. And so it's powerful because two chapters before what we read today, we see that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And after the Holy Spirit, uh, this, is, this is the birth of the church. Uh, proverbially, it was as if God breathed the breath of life into his body, into the body of Christ. And so it became alive. And so with this fresh, these people, they're fellowshipping, they're meeting. And what we see in Acts chapter 4 is a result of this. And this is very powerful as we're talking about the miraculous and we're talking about the supernatural. For us to have this understanding uh, in our bank. To make sure that we have this in there as well. When it comes to stewarding. Uh, and not only stewarding, but also God manifesting the miraculous and the supernatural in our midst. So note, note what we see here. Let's go back to verse 32. I want to unpack this and then share some principles that I think will be helpful. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Come on online, somebody put I'm with you in the chat. So now a full number of those who believed were of one heart. And we're going to come back to this in a second. And soul. And no one said, watch this, that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. And look at the result in verse 34. Are y'all you, are you, are you ready to see this? Look at this. There was not a needy person among them. Oh, man. 
I mean, I mean, I mean, some of us, we think that 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 this is the destiny of the believer. This is the destiny of the church, uh, you know, but the fact of the matter is note this, uh, the, that poverty rather is the destiny of the believer and of the church and all this stuff. And you don't, you know, you don't have Jesus unless, you know, you're a pauper and you're in this. No, what we find here is the Bible actually says that there was no one who was needy among them because of the fact that they had an idea uh, that where they were to where they were not selfish with what they had they had everything in common there was a desire to see everyone who was a part of that body to be to the place where they had whatever they needed who's with me can i tell you this notice it doesn't say that they gave away everything they just said that they didn't count it as their own to the point where if someone had need, they were willing to give out of what they had to be able to take care of that need. Oh my, my. Can I, can I tell you that effective Christianity, here we go, number one, is marked by radical availability. Effective Christianity is marked by radical availability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in a generation where people are so selfish and everything they get, they think of getting for themselves. Even in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, chapter 6, chapter 9, verse 6 through 10. And we see it says, who, who gives bountifully will reap bountifully and he who gives sparingly will reap sparingly. And God loves a cheerful giver and we're not supposed to give grudgingly or give and want to take it back or because somebody told you to, you know, under compulsion because God loves a cheerful giver. And then he goes on and we usually stop there. So we're like, we give so that we can get we can get and we give bountifully because i'm going to receive bountifully but by verse 10 he talks about uh you're supposed to do so because the god god who is able to make all grace abound to you so that not just your needs will be met but that you will have abundance to be able to be a blessing to someone else and so watch this. What we are called to be as Christians is not to be selfish. It's not about just what's in it for us. It's not even that we put everything and give everything. But at the end of the day, what we say, God, I'm available to you. What you've given me is available for your use. Oh, who's with me on this morning? What you've given me is, you know, Lord, I'm available to you. Anybody remember that song? Lord, I'm available to you. We got to get to that place where we say, I'm available to you. Come on, God. Uh, you've given me, you've given me what you've given me to, to not just benefit my life, uh, but also so that you could use it as a conduit. You could use it as a catalyst. You could use it as a vehicle to be able to get your love and your blessing to those who are around me. Oh, come on. If you're available, if you're getting ready to walk into availability, I want you to just say, Lord, I'm available. Come on, say it. Come on in the chat, put Lord, I'm available. Not only this, you know, effective. So, so they are in this position uh, and they, I mean, imagine the level of generosity that takes place. That, that, that there is no one in the house who has need among them. Because of not just their availability, uh, but then also now when God instructs them and when the opportunity arises, they are generous. So it's not just their availability, but their generosity. So I would also say that effective Christianity is marked by radical generosity. So it's not just radical availability, but it's radical generosity. 
Because I'm believing, I, I'm crazy enough to believe, I'm crazy enough to believe uh, that it is possible for us to see what happened in this first century church. I'm believing, I know it's tons more people in the earth today. I know it's more people that are part of church. But how many of you know that you serve a God? Ephesians 3.20, I told you you're going to hear it. He was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. I'm, I'm here to tell you that God I believe desires to set the church up to be the most generous vehicle in the earth come on the church should be more generous than Ellen DeGeneres come on the church oh can I just talk about it the kingdom should be more generous than Oprah we should be known with the church often is known about our take 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 and it's great that these people are doing these generous things but how many of you know that we are that God has called the church to be a center of hope and a center of generosity we are carrying the most generous message that is known to mankind for God so loved the world oh my that he gave somebody say he gave he gave his only son he gave his only he gave his best that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life we celebrate this and consequently because this is the message that we hold and that we have and this is the God that we serve we ought to reciprocate and take this generosity and demonstrate it to the rest of the world if you're grateful for God's generosity towards us can you put those hands together and open Open your mouth and thank him. Come on online. It may be inconvenient, fam. It might be something, you know, you were planning to get a new pair of shoes. Come on, somebody. Uh, and you might have to put off that, those shoes that you really don't need. Uh, you might have to put off that Starbucks. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm salted caramel mocha frap with almond milk, no whip. But still caramel, still caramel, venti, and you know, you might have to put that aside for a second. Come on, somebody, because somebody having their rent paid is more important than your mocha chocolate. Come on, somebody. I wonder if it's someone in this place that realizes that you've got to get to the place where we have radical availability and radical generosity, because lots of the times the stuff that we think we need, we don't even need it. And we need to say, God, it's available to you, even if it interrupts my regularly scheduled program. You know when you're watching the TV and suddenly out of nowhere it's like beep, 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 beep. And you're like, it got to like the, the serious part in the show. And you're like, beep. And it says, uh, sorry, we interrupt your regularly scheduled program. This is a test. Uh, and they just, and then you know things will go back to uh, usual after. But they just want to make sure that when an emergency shows up, that you are positioned and you are able to receive the communication. Oh my, there's some of you, oh I just hear you Holy Ghost. There's some of you, God has been testing your stuff. He's been testing your money. He's been sending messages to you. Not and, and some of you, you've been threatened in that moment. And you're like, oh my gosh, do I really got to give this up? And he's like, oh it was just a test to see if when the real thing comes, if you would really be willing to be able and available to give what it is that is needed for somebody other than yourself to be blessed oh are y'all with me on today radical availability and radical generosity you know and I, and I just want you to note this it didn't say it doesn't say there are a couple things that it didn't say you know what I mean it doesn't say that they sold everything it just said that they sold 
from things that they had. And some people go to the extreme, be like, okay, no, that means we got to, you know, go home and sell the house and sell the car and sell the, the kids and, you know. And, <laughs> and we'll bring, the, no, that's not what it said. You know, when people be reading stuff into the text. No, it just says that there was, that they uh, didn't count their stuff. As if, they were, if it was their own. So it was available to God. Uh, and they gave from the things that they had. This is why uh, verse 34. There was not a needy person among them. For as many as were owners of lands and houses. Sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. So people that had lands and things that they could sell. That they were not in use. They saw the benefit the, of the common good of the people in the midst. Come on. That even if at the end of it. The people were still in a lesser position. Than where they were at financially. They wanted wanted to give radically so that need could be eradicated do you know what the church can do if everyone in the church had the financial strength that was necessary for us to be able to go out and really serve the world come on do you know how big of a problem debt is in our midst today and so look i'm not here to talk about that but they didn't sell everything they that's not what it said but watch this it also didn't mean that equal it was equal distribution amongst the believers it just said they distributed to people as they had need so it wasn't like they sold everything and then it's like okay everybody's gonna get a fifth of everything no that was not the point the point was they brought the stuff they had that was excess they sold it and they were made it available so that when the necessity was there for this thing to happen uh that 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 the people who were in the midst in the midst who had need were able to be blessed are y'all still with me in fact, J.W. McGarvey, who's a commentator, said, and a Bible teacher, he said, the church was not at this time a commune or a socialistic club, as many interpreters have fancied. There was no uniform distribution of the property of all among the members. So this is not communism. It was not a, a, a commune or anything of this nature. Uh, but they just simply said, what I have is available. I'm telling you, I just want to establish it. I said it before, and I'm going to say it again because I want us to understand the potency, I hear you, God, in the body of Christ. This text lets us know that corporate generation Generosity has the power to eliminate poverty. Did you hear what I just said? No one in there. I'm telling you, there are there is enough money in this house right now to cancel the debt of those who are in this room at this moment. You don't believe me, do you? This lets us know. I'm telling you, I know there are people in here, uh, whether you have a lot or whether you have little. When God, when we are able to come together and do a work, we literally have the power to be able to eliminate poverty. And I'm telling you this, watch this. It's not just when it comes to finances but even financial literacy you can change the trajectory of somebody's life by passing on principles that they have never heard of before i'm telling you there were things that i grew up not knowing that i came into some somebody came into my life and pointed and gave me biblical principles and kingdom principles and not only that just the nuts and bolts of basic money management which helped me to get out of debt and now position my family to be in a place of financial strength. And I am grateful because it's not just about taking money and putting it in people's hands, but it's also taking kingdom principles which can equip and position us to be able to come out of poverty, poverty because of the knowledge that we have. Anybody know that knowledge is power? 
that knowledge is also wealth? I'm telling you, man, it's some people, it's not that they're careless. It's just they need a break. There's people that you look at and look down upon and really and truly, they just need the information that you have access to and they might turn around and do even better than you do. Oh, y'all don't like this type of preaching, do you? Okay. I just want to let you know, some of us, we just look all oh, oh, highfalutin and, and t- look down our nose at people and you don't realize because their circumstances were different. All they need is not for you to look down on them, but for you to pass the knowledge on so that they can be able to position themselves to be able to change things, not just for their lives, but for the generations that are ahead. Are you with me? I tell you another story. I'll share this one by I'll share this one by permission. You know, there was a, another Sunday we were in service, and you know, and there was a gentleman that used to come to the church. He used to come by all the time. It was freezing outside, and he would come and he would uh, limp by. He had a cast on his leg, and I'll never forget my my uh, my son uh, Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel Gabriel is just one of the kindest uh, young men that I know. I love him so much. He's such a such a generous and such a kind child. And, you know, when he was younger, especially he used to talk to everyone, this man would come by and he would, you know, come into the theater um, when the when the door would be open just to grab grab some heat. Come on. And so it was insane that, you know, week after week, uh, Gabe would always catch him or he would, you know, come in and he'd stay and then he would leave and then he would stay and then he would leave. And one Sunday, Gabe goes to him and says, hey, can, you know, come, come inside. And what ends up happening is we found out, uh, you know, once he came in, uh, he made it clear to someone on the side who he was not. You know, he hadn't been talking to anyone. Gabe just greeted him and he came in and he sat on the bench, but he didn't feel like he could come inside. And somebody went off to the side. I don't remember who it was and had a conversation with him and found out that he was sleeping behind a dumpster at Tim Hortons down the street and he had broken his leg because he slipped and he slipped and broke his leg he was unable to go to work he lost his job and consequently he was now he uh, got kicked out of his apartment and he was sleeping behind this dumpster and so when when the service opened are y'all hearing me when the service opened on Sunday morning, uh, you know, he would just come in to try and get some heat before having to go back outside again. How many, some of you think that homelessness only happens downtown? How many of you know that there are people that are homeless here in Scarborough, in Durham? There are people, homelessness is not just downtown. And so in this moment, I just love it. I love our church, man. I love, I love it uh, because it's, that was all it took. That was all it took. Uh, two twos, uh, we went into Facebook group online and we put in the, the Facebook group online that we were looking, that this was the issue and this was what was going on. Oh man, lo and behold, when I tell you our church came together and I give the Lord praise, the church says, oh no, we're not going to have this, not on our watch. Come on, somebody. What we're going to do, they literally not only paid all of his back rent come on somebody they paid all the church paid all of his back rent not only this he uh they they paid so he could get back into his apartment not only this the church came together somebody say the church came together oh i'm trying to just show you this thing they came together they bought him a bed my god not only did they buy him a bed to get him back in there but then but then uh, we we were able to connect him with the financial resources in the house to be able to buy him for buy him groceries not only were we able to buy him groceries not just for that point but a little uh, further on but then but then for god's glory i'm not talking this to brag about how good of a church we are but about the glory of god and what happens when the church comes together to be able to demonstrate the love of god we were able to connect him with an 
employment services. He had a part-time job before he lost the job. We were able to hook him up and he ended up getting a full-time job. Oh, are y'all hearing what I'm talking about? Uh, this is the type of stuff that I want for us to be known about. And so, and, 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 and every now and again, I'll, I'll hear from And he came and most importantly, he made the decision to trust Christ and he gave his life to the Lord. Can I just, can we just celebrate? Because there's power in generosity. I believe that when the church would rise up and actually look beyond ourselves, that we have the capability to be able to eliminate poverty. And not only that, put the tools in people's hands for them to stay out of the pit oh can i just preach some natural stuff today here we go let me tell you this so if i was to give you a point this is powerful so with all those things in mind and all these things in mind i want you to understand these things here it is point number one for you god supernaturally empowers us to meet the natural needs of others let me say it again god supernaturally empowers us to meet the natural needs of others. Some of us, we think that the church's responsibility is only to meet the spiritual needs of people. But that is not after the pattern of the Savior. That's not the way that Christ operated. It was not just about, huh, come and go to heaven. No, Jesus healed bodies. Come on, somebody. He healed bodies. He cared about bodies. Jesus fed people that were in need. He supernaturally empowers us to meet the natural needs of others. Why are you saying, why does it take supernatural power? I want to tell you this, because how many of you know it takes supernatural power to be selfless? The reason why some of you have a problem, you're like, man, I want to, but I'm, it's because you have a selfish heart and it takes the Lord to soften, to break up that stone and give you a fleshy heart. I love this because notice as I told you, this was right after Pentecost. Right after the Holy Spirit was poured out upon them. I'm always telling you guys about how you have to open up yourself to the Holy Spirit. And watch this because see, note this in verse 33. With great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace. So I say grace. Grace was upon them all. The grace of God enabled them in that moment to be able to be generous. And so we, God supernaturally empowers us to do natural things, to be able to meet the natural needs of others. It's important. It's important because we are conduits. And in fact, when Jesus returns, this is what he says in regards to this, in, in regards to uh, the, us meeting the needs of others. Watch this in uh, Matthew chapter 25. What book did I say? Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 through 40 the Bible says when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat so this is speaking about the return of Christ and how he's going to separate uh, people who are his from people who are not his and verse 33 says he will place the sheep on the right but the goats on the left and this is obviously proverbial and uh an illustration verse 34 then the king will say to those on the right come you who are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world now look at what he says to the sheep verse 35 here it is for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me drink i was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. 
I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the answer, the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick in prison and visit you? Verse 40, and the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of these, the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. Oh, my I'm telling you, the sheep are marked with availability and generosity going out of their way to be to the place where they are loving on people, meeting needs. Come on, somebody that they're going and visiting those not talking about them, but going and visiting those that are incarcerated, uh, going and making ourselves in position to be able to take care of the needs of others. And Jesus says that when it is that we do this to other people, that it's the same as if we are doing it to him i'm always talking about my dad how for years he spearheaded this feeding program and i always talk about it now because it's all around the world and he started i still to this day he's 85 and i'll never forget bucking him up up on him in the living room and seeing him uh, folding napkins and and, and 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 forks before covid shut stuff down to go downtown and feel feed hundreds of people at 85 years old he's still going he's saying i'm doing this because i want to do it because if i do it to these people i'm doing it unto the savior do you know that service is an act of worship i'm telling you worship is more than hands raised and jumping up and down and songs sung we got to get to the place where we realize that even service is worship he said if you do it to others you're doing it to me are you with me realize and i'll even say this i'll state this because it's not just outreach it's in reach (laughs) A lot of us are so outwardly focused that we don't realize that people are in need and are perishing right around us. You know, when we started COVID, we said, you know, before we go out and do stuff to the outside, because we've already fed hundreds of people, and I can't wait for Vision Sunday. You can hear me saying it about all the things we get to celebrate that God has done in this church because of your generosity. But we started by getting stuff together and finding the people in our church who were in need and giving towards them to make sure that they were taken care of. Do you know that Jesus says in John 13, 35, that they will know that we are his disciples by the love that we show one to another? (laughs) You thought you could be nice to people on the outside and mean to the church folk that are sitting next to you and they're going to see God in you that way? He says, no, no, no. He says, the way that we show love one to another determines that people will look in and will say, wow, these are my disciples. How about Galatians 6, 9 and 10, which says, and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap. Come on, if you faint not. And then he goes on in verse 10 and he says, so then as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Watch this. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. So he says, do good to everyone, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Are y'all still with me? 
Online, are you watching with me still? So, so this is imperative for us to understand that we are to have this perspective as we are serving. Can I tell you, can I piggyback point number two off point number one for you? Watch this. Stop asking God to do things that he's empowered you to do. We got to stop praying and saying, God, feed the hungry. Come on. While you got food in your closet, come on, somebody. And you just pray that prayer just because it's a part of your ritual when you pray over your food every time you eat. But at the end of the day, God is saying, I've put in your closet, I've put in your resources a little extra that you can use to be able to go and demonstrate my love to somebody else. But you and I are often praying for God to do stuff that he's already empowered us to do i'm telling you man this is a powerful thing this is why first corinthians chapter 12 verse 10 and, it, and even just the, the scriptures in and around that in that whole pericope or passage of scripture encourage us around the fact that the holy spirit manifests in us like philippians uh, are in uh first uh, uh, corinthians 12 verse 10 talks about how God, the holy spirit works through us to do miracles Working of miracles is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. This is why I'm saying God will supernaturally empower us to do natural things. So you can be present in somebody's life. And consequently, the miraculous and the supernatural can be present in their lives. I love it. 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 Watch this. Watch this. Uh, James chapter 2. James is, James is the, the hardcore apostle. Like He doesn't play any games. James just is like, he's just straight shooting. Everybody else, you know, John is the love guy. John is beating around. He's like, you know, God is love and all this. John beats around. But James is like, he goes, look, verse 14 of James chapter 2. He says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Here it is. Here it is. Can that faith save him? Watch this. If a brother, in other words, yeah, you have faith and we're saved by grace, but it ought to show in your life if you truly are born again. He says, verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to him, go in peace and be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? How many of us, this is exactly what I'm talking about, how many of us praying God oh, or somebody come to you and you find out that they have need and you're going to tell them, okay, brother, I'm praying for you. Okay, sister, oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, I'm going to be, what if, what if, what if, oh my, what if we had the radical availability and response, like what I shared and opened up about in the beginning, where when we heard about a need in the midst, we didn't say, oh, we're going to pray for you and send them away naked, but we continue to get together. Come on, what if somebody needed a payment for a, a down payment for a home? Come on, somebody. And they were just a little bit short. And we as a community came around them and said, you know what? We want to break the cycle of poverty we want to set you up for ownership and if you win then we win come on somebody and we gonna bring come together and gather the resources and do what we need to do to get you and your family in that house what if we stop praying about stuff that god has empowered us already to do how powerful would the church be i wonder if it's somebody in here or online that would clap your hands and give the lord praise if you know that he's given you the power
I'm just excited about it because I'm seeing, oh my, COVID is a perfect opportunity for the church to stand up. Come on, somebody. Even if COVID is here in 2021, I'm here to tell you we have not done our job. We've been sitting in the house and sitting in the corner and whining and declaring COVID is going to be gone. I'm telling you, COVID is going to get up out of here and it's going to be something else. Come on, because the fact of the matter is, have you read your Bible? Things are not going to get better. Things are going to continue getting worse. And when you hold on to your God, it don't matter if it's COVID, don't matter if it's swine flu, don't matter if it's SARS, don't matter, can I call the roll, don't matter if it's anthrax, as long as Jesus is on the throne and his power is in his body and in his church, we have the power to be able to do what is necessary to love the world back to life. Somebody that believes it, put those hands together and give it praise. This is why Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is fulfilled when we love one another, when we bear one another's burdens. Who's with me on this morning? And so I want you to understand this because it's powerful. Note in the text, in the text, in the text, not only does it say that uh that they what they had didn't belong to them and that they sh- they had everything in common but verse 33 says and great power with great power the apostles were giving test their testimony to the resurrection of the lord jesus and great grace was upon them all so i want you to, i want you to notice here it is uh uh uh, uh th- this this is something that you need to grasp that ver- point number 3 radical generosity makes way for effective gospel ministry Radical generosity makes way for effective gospel ministry. What I mean by this is that we note and that we see that when it is that they are generous, that they are opening themselves to be able and making their things that they have available, when they do this, we find that there is powerful gospel. Are y'all still with me? That there's powerful gospel ministry that is able to take place. How many of you know that people will listen, uh, are able to listen when their belly's not growling? How many of you know that if somebody's sitting there, I know that it's not all about money, and I know it's not all about that, and money is not the gospel, and we don't preach the prosperity God. I know all of that. I get it. But how many of you know that if somebody's bills are able to be paid, that and when the money is not an issue or a stress or an anxiety, which is one of the things that causes people to lose their mind, how many of you know that when they're filled and when they're clothed that they're positioned to better hear and understand and to be able to walk in spiritual things are you with me this is why we see this with jesus he didn't just meet spiritual needs he met spiritual and natural needs i love the story in john the bible says in john chapter 6 in john chapter 6 verse 30 and onward there's a story jesus is spending time with the disciples and he's spending time with people and bible says in verse uh, and, and so he hangs out with them and verse 33 now when many saw them going to and recognized them they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them when he sent went ashore he saw a great crowd and somebody say a great crowd and he had compassion on them this is john 6 34 because they were like sheep without a shepherd 
and he began to teach them many things. Verse 35, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him, watch this, and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. So they hanging out with the church and they're there and they're spending the time that they're spending. And the Bible makes it clear that in that moment, the disciples say, send them away to go get something to eat. And look at what happens. But he answered them. Verse 37 says, how, he says, how many loaves do you have? No, no, no. Uh, verse 37. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. Oh, are you seeing it? So they're ready to send the people away so that they can get some food. And Jesus says, nah, fam, y'all give them something to eat. <sighs> How many people are we sending away when God is saying to us, you give them something to eat? How many people are we sending away naked when God is saying, you give them clothes for their body? How many people are we sending away broke and without any finances and God is saying, you give them the resources and you equip them with the tools? How many people? He says, then he goes on and he says, he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they had five loaves and two fish. And I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, because John chapter, John chapter 6 lets us know uh, that, the, that it was a little boy. That it was a little boy. It was a little boy's lunch that was there. Somebody say a little boy's lunch. And so this little boy was the one. That was responsible. It lets us know that he, that, he, uh, that he got this. And it was powerful because he is a little boy in another passage. He lets us know that, that, uh, that, that, that gave his five loaves and two fish. I can just see, man. And I know I'm realizing some of the passages are, are mixed up in this moment. But you're getting the point, though. And I, but I want you to note this. The little boy, I can just see his parents bringing him with his little sippy cup. And his little animal uh, fish crackers. <laughs> And he's in that moment and he's showing up and they're in that position where they show up and, and, uh, and they're there. And, and then suddenly out of nowhere, these men come around. And they're like, hey, man, what's going on? And he makes his little lunch available to be used to be a part of a corporate miracle that is going to make impact on a massive scale. Yeah. A little boy in his sippy cup and his little animal crackers. In that moment, God used to be able to feed thousands of people. Contributed to a massive miracle because it was able to be put in the hands of the Lord. Who is with me in this moment? Oh, this is so powerful. I tell you about, can I brag on my little son? Can I brag on Noah? Because I, I, this week, Noah and Gabriel, my, my sons, they have some entrepreneurial endeavors. Come on, somebody. We teaching them about being entrepreneurs. And starting businesses and they have a business that they have in mind they want to start and they're like dad how can we get some funds I said okay son uh, you all come with a business plan and I'm teaching them how to put together a business plan I taught them how to do that their mother and I and so they come with a business plan and idea and then they're like how are you gonna fund it I said okay I'll give you some money uh, in order to make this happen to invest into what it is that you're doing man I remember when I didn't even have five the last thing I had was five dollars and I'm sitting here talking about investing things in my I, how many of you know that God is real fam 
And listen, I was excited. We said, we'll give you some. And then they said, what else can we do? And then they started researching. And Noah came to his mother and I. And they're like, he's like, we're going to get a paper route. And so he goes and he gets his paper route, and he and his brother, and they go out and they're having their paper route. And I, and I just love to see how they have gotten their paper route and uh, they've been out there. But what I loved about Noah was that when Noah, as soon as Noah heard about our strength to strength offering, Noah comes to his mother and I and he says, you know, yeah, I'm excited about getting paid. And the reason why I'm excited about my first paycheck is because when I get paid, I'm already praying into and thinking about what I can give to strength to strength. And I'm so grateful, come on somebody, that my children, come on, I didn't force him, I didn't tell him he had to, we didn't sit there and say, son, you better do this, oh, you gotta give this because, no, he already tithes and gives offering, and so does his brother, aside from us having to tell him so. And so this was something above and beyond, and he literally came and said, I'm thinking about what I can give into strength to strength before we even asked him. Come on, can we celebrate the faith of children in the house? So a little boy's lunch, a little boy's lunch was used to be able to feed over 5,000 people. Come on, I think that's so powerful for us to be able to know. It was John 6, 9 where the little, it tells us it's the little boy. And I'm reading uh, in another passage the story in that passage. But it's amazing to me because Noah's little money that he is putting aside from his paper route, it may seem little. But how many of you know that when it's in the hands of the master, without Noah's little paper root money come on somebody we would not be able to impact the lives that are that that we are desirous and god has called us to impact for the kingdom's sake i don't know who i'm talking to you're like all i have is all i have is all i have. i'm here to tell you all you have no matter what it is that you have it's not what you have it's whose hands it's in that makes the difference come on somebody that little boy's lunch in the master's hand was able to do a course miracle that fed 5,000 people and it's powerful because I'm bringing the plane down for a landing but I want you to grab this Jesus even in this story he commands them to sit down in groups on green grass and so they sat down they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties and I love it because in this moment we see that it's not just about generosity but there's order around generosity. Come on, somebody. People don't like this type of stuff. But it's important for us to understand that there's order. There's order. Somebody say order. order. There's order. There's order. We find that it's important because there are, there are many people, when we look in Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, we see an occurrence that happens right after all this generosity starts happening. We find some people by the name of Ananias and Sapphira. And while everybody is bringing their stuff together, come on somebody, and they're selling stuff and all of this, they're like, oh man, this is an opportunity for us to look good. This is an opportunity for us to make it seem as if we're giving something that we're not actually giving. And then watch this, we're going to lie to the people of God thinking that God is not seeing himself. And so in Acts chapter 5, we see the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And I'm summarizing. They, they, they try to make it seem like they are giving more, they've, more than they're actually giving. And what happens is God judges both of them on the spot. And they both are struck dead in the New Testament. 
because of the wrong motive and the and the, the issue when they were trying to trick people and they were doing it for the wrong motive. Does this mean every time you do something with a bad motive, God's going to strike you down? No, that's not the point. But it's imperative for us to understand the importance of order and the importance of motive, even as we're giving. As I'm talking about the things that God has done in the house today, it's not with the purpose of us getting the glory. It's not because we're trying to make us see ourselves seem bigger and better than we are. But it's because we want God to get the glory. Come on, somebody. And so order is necessary. Order is important. And I'm going to give you this last point. Because note this, it started by saying, with talking about order, verse 32, Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that anything, any of the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. Somebody say one heart and soul. They were of one heart and soul. And I love it. It is such a powerful concept how they are of one heart and soul. In other words, what preceded their generosity and their radical availability was unity. Somebody say there's power in unity. Here it is. Effective, last point, corporate generosity is preceded by unity effective corporate generosity in other words us giving together in with the it has to be done in unity with the same purpose with the same goal what was powerful about this group of people in acts chapter 4 that we're reading about is that they were of one heart and of one soul they had the desire to see lives changed eternally by the power of god's gospel and it was happening and they were desirous of being a generous people they came together with the same heart with the same soul and they had everything in common how many of you know that when it comes to effective ministry and when it comes to uh when it comes to being in the place of where you're generous effective ministry requires intentional boundaries you have to you have to have intentional boundaries so no i'm not saying oh it's a free for all and just what no you have to have boundaries even as you're serving with the church and where you're in the place where you are where we are coming together we have to have standards you know we say all the time no perfect people allowed you know, and we hear that all the time. And some of y'all are like, so, okay, does that mean that somebody can come up in here and harm people or do harm to the church and we're still going to let them hang around? No, there have been people who I myself have said, you have to leave this church because you are stalking a daughter in this house. Come on, somebody. I have literally had to. Can I just keep it real? I do not. I don't make sport with my daughter. And listen, even the spiritual daughters and the people that are in this house, if any of y'all predators, you want to come in this house and act the shook and the fool, don't let this cute blazer fool you. I will fight you. Don't get it twisted. If they got a husband, come on, their husband will fight for them. But you better realize, you better not come up in here trying to prey on no single ladies. I will fight you and the men in this house, we are raising them up to fight you too. Come on, somebody. You will not come up in here. Oh, y'all don't like this type of stuff. I'm telling you, we have a generation of punks and wussies. Come on, somebody. And we got the place. Oh, it's okay. That's their business. And then, no. How many of you know that the early church was intentional about protecting and standing and leading and guarding not just the gospel, but also the people? 
turn the other cheek, fam. Listen, try Jesus, but not me, fam. These str- I'm, I'm from Malvern. But anyway, I'm just going to... Don't let these string beans fool you. I'll fight Antoine and lose, but guess what? I'll try, buddy. But the fact of the matter is, it's imperative for us to make sure. You got to make sure that people are that people are being protected, that there are boundaries. So no, no perfect people allowed means this is a place that if you are imperfect, yeah, you can come. But it does not mean that that's a license for you to come and do stupidness. Come on. Or sow discord. How about the Bible makes it clear in, in uh, Titus chapter 3 verse. Well, actually, before we even go there, how about Amos 3, 3? How can two walk together unless they are in a agreement and so when it comes you know there are people that they just the the purpose of them showing up is to just disagree and so when i'm talking about being in unity i'm not even talking about uniformity i'm not talking about everybody this is not a cult you know this is not we're not like all marching to that's not the point i'm not talking about uniformity we don't all gotta drop dress the same we don't always gotta look this no that's not the point it's about unity it's not about uniformity it's not about compliance it's not about you just saying yes sir no sir but you don't actually have notice it says they were of one heart and one soul oh who's with me on today so it's this idea of having the right heart. It's about alignment. And I'm here to tell you, there are, if you do not agree with this, oh, why are they giving all that money away? Come on, somebody. Oh, why did, I mean, with this, somebody else. I mean, what about me? I thought I should have got that. I mean, I'm just, you know those people? Well, if you think so, that I can refer you to a bunch of churches. Come on, somebody that you can go to and you can enjoy yourself there. Come on. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be in this house, don't stay here and sow discord. Come on, stay here and let's get to going. Are y'all still my friends? Look at this. See, this, this, this is the thing, man. People don't understand that this type of stuff is in the scripture. This is, this is Galatians, Ephesians, First, Second Timothy, Titus. Watch this. Look, Titus chapter 3, verse 10. People don't know that this stuff is in the scripture. And that's why they think that they can just come up to church and just do stupidness and do whatever they want. And that, oh, no, we just are supposed to forgive. And what about forgiveness? Oh, how about you know? I'm going to tell you something in a second. But Titus 3 verse 10 says, watch this. Uh, so, you know, I'm not making it up. Bible says, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him or her once and then twice. Have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful and is self-condemned. And there are people who the enemy sends on the agenda to sow up discord and to cause disunity and to break up the fellowship. Come on, somebody. And it's imperative for us to make sure as believers. I wonder if Surf City is hearing me. Come on. In the house and online, we've got to stand up and we got to stand strong and be guardians of what it is that God has called us to. There is a difference between forgiveness and boundaries. 
Oh my, I, I could preach a whole sermon on this, but I want you to get this. It's imperative for us to understand that some people are like, oh, well, you just need to be forgiven. I thought the body of Christ. Yes, we forgive, but there is something called boundaries and it's imperative for us. Boundaries are necessary for us to be effective in ministry. It's important for us to have boundaries so that we can make sure that as we are wa- walking, that we're walking in unity and that God is going to consequently do mighty things in our unified state. Who's with me? And so, my brothers and sisters, I said all that to say. Oh, that was my introduction. This is the message. This one line. I want you to get this and understand that you and I have got to get to the place where we understand that right now the world is in a group mess. Come on. And God has called us the way that it is that we are going to walk out of this is not by ourselves. But it is by us coming together, joining our resources together with one heart and mind and soul and setting intentional boundaries, walking in a radical availability and radical generosity and watching God do his thing. Are you with me? You know, I was growing up and I was watching power. I used to watch Power Rangers. Who, who used to watch Power Rangers? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fam. Okay. Uh, somebody shot. What was your favorite? What was your favorite Ranger? What color? Red white okay in the chat at our sir at our online campus somebody told me at our online campus so the thing is right that uh, <laughs> i love i love power rangers and what i loved about power rangers was the you know they could fight and they could do their things and there was you know and they they did their stuff that what, with what was happening it was it was morphing time but you know how many of you know that there were some things y'all don't remember that stuff okay but there were some times that they faced some stuff come on somebody and they had to come together And they had to put all of their powers together to become something bigger. Because although they could do something by themselves, there there were some things that needed corporate generosity to be able to overthrow. And I'm here to tell you that when the body of Christ, when we would get together... And when we would pool our resources and when we would not run away from church or tune our ears out or plug our ears when it comes to giving. But we say, God, it's not just my hands that are available to you, but it's also my bank account. When you hear about all of these opportunities like strength to strength. You're not like, man, Okay, that's for the super churchy people. No, it's for everybody. It's even if all you got is a paper route. Because we give out of what we have and we give the resources, whether it be knowledge, whether it be finances or whatever. Because when we bring the stuff together, we can do more together than we can by ourselves. And so in this moment, you're like, man, why are we so talking about this radical generosity? Why? Why? Why are you so radically generous? You heard me when I was talking about it in the message. Because we serve a generous God who over 2,000 years ago gave his only son to die in your and my place. You're asking why? Why would he do that? Well, thousands of years before that, our first parents, the first humans, Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, it lets us know that they disobeyed God. When he told them what not to do, they went and they did it. And consequently, the Bible says that not only 
that they become sinners, but then they passed sin on to all mankind. So sin became hereditary. Now sin is something that we are born with. It's not just something we do. The sins we do are the things that are a result of the sin we inherited. And our brothers and our sisters and our family and everybody, the, the end of the day, the reason why we don't have to teach our kids to sin is because they're born with it. And Romans 6.23 lets us know that the wages of sin is death. This is why people die. This is why the pandemic is causing the effect that it's causing. Because of sin and the wages of sin is death. We were not created to die. And the Bible lets us know that although this is the case and the wages of sin is death, the B part of that verse says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Somebody say eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And you're saying, okay, well, well, how do I get this? This is why I'm talking about Jesus came. This is what he did. Yahweh, the most high God put on flesh, came to the earth in the person of Jesus. We're getting ready to celebrate this on Christmas Sunday. And you want to make sure that you're in the house or online for our Christmas Sunday. We got some special stuff, some caroling, some awesome stuff planned for you that you do not want to miss. It's going to be a vibe. But we're celebrating Christ coming to earth. To live perfect in our place. To die in our place as he did. And then he rose from death with all power in his hands. And this is the good news. The good news is that although we are sinners and although we are born in this condition and although we deserve death. That because of what Jesus did on the cross. Today is the good news. The good news is that. If we would believe in what he did, if we would put trust in him, if we would give our lives to him and ask him to be the Lord, to be the boss of our lives, that we could have life eternal and be in relationship with God starting right now. You don't have to wait till you die. You don't have to wait until, yes, your future is secure, but starting right now, your eternity can be secure and your relationship with Christ can be secure right now and so in this moment somebody watching online somebody that's here in the house you're like you know what i don't have a relationship with god i don't i if i was to die today i would i would die and i would be separated from god forever as the bible talks about in a place called hell god loves you and he loves you he loved you so much that he gave his best to welcome you and give you an opportunity to be in a relationship with him. So in this moment, I'm getting ready to lead a prayer of commitment. If you're like, today is my day. Today is my day. I want to trust Christ. Whether it's the first time or somebody you may have run away from him. And I'm here to tell you that even if you may have run away from him, he has not run away from you. He has not given up on you. And as long as there is life, there is hope. And you can come home today. Somebody say today. So every head bow and every eye closed in this moment. Every head bow, every eye closed in this moment. Do some introspection. Look inside yourself to see and determine. Do you need Christ? Have you trusted him? Do you need forgiveness? Do you, do you need to come back home to him in this moment? On the count of three, if that person is you, between me, you and God, even for you who are watching at our online campus, this is for you as well. 
On the count of three, if that person is you, right where you are, right where you're watching, I want you to pop that hand up real high. I want you to pop that hand up and say, and I see that hand already. One, two, three. Come on, pop the hand up if that person is you. I see those hands that are up. Praise the Lord. You're saying today is my day. Today I'm giving my life to Christ. Today I'm recommitting my life to him. Praise the Lord. Online, I see you in the spirit with that hand as well. Today is your day. And so in this moment, I'm going to ask you, we're going to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And Sir City, we are not going to let them pray by themselves. Let us pray this as well to support their faith, but also as an affirmation of our faith. And so we say, and we just say out loud, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. And rising from death with all power. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And be with me now. And forevermore. Be the Lord of my life. And I thank you for doing it right now. In Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we open our hand, our eyes and clap those hands and give the Lord praise? Come on. Online, I want you to celebrate too. Come on. Can we just give the Lord glory? He's so awesome. We celebrate all of you who have made decisions for Christ. And I just, before Brian comes up, you know, Brian's getting ready to come and give us some clear ways that we can connect with, uh, get further connect with God and further connect with, uh, with, with, with our Serve City here. Before he does that, I want to encourage and lean in and just encourage you. If this is your first time, I know we've already heard it, if, or if you have been coming for a while online or in the house and you have not let us know who you are, please, please scan the QR code in the back of your seat. Online, scan the QR code. Brian is getting ready to tell you or go to servecity.ca forward slash connection. We want to know who you are. We want to know that you are here. We really would love to connect with you. So please don't go unnoticed. You're going to be as connected as you choose to be.